Welcome to the Sons of Firemen podcast. Stories are missing from today's culture. Stories of truth, faith, and hope, and love. From both in and outside of the family unit. And this has led to a cultural identity crisis. I want you to know what it's like to believe that God is good. I want you to know how to support your family in the best way possible. I believe that this is through hosting the presence of God in your midst. If you don't know how to do that, we'd like to help. So be sure to listen in. We believe that you can experience the heart of your Heavenly Father. All right, so just going to welcome you to Who's Your Daddy? And my special guest is Beverly, and I'm going to say your, let you say your last name. Albrecht. Albrecht. So I, I didn't want to mess that up. Okay. And um, uh, I was telling Beverly I always like to start with a joke, so I, I wanted to tell you guys, uh, first, welcome to the show. And then uh, they say that time is relative. So a turtle was crossing the road, and he was mugged by two snails. When the police finally showed up, they asked him what happened. The shaken turtle replies, you know, I really don't know. It all happens so fast. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, enough silly, silliness. So Beverly, I have been so blessed just to be around you in, in times of prayer and stuff. And I, I said this to you earlier this morning, that, that famous people don't know they're famous. And you're, you're well known and you are famous. Yeah. And uh, we had your birthday party last week, 92. And, uh, but you've been here, uh, for a while, 2012. Uh-huh. I came to school to BSSM 2012. 2012. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell, tell us how you got here. I mean, uh-huh. I, that's the story everybody wants well, to know. There, <clears throat> there was, uh, there was one prophet that said, um, you know, God wants you to go to, um, BSSM to Bethel. Uh, in Redding, California, and then he wants you to go to Africa and Asia. I thought, what? I really am very satisfied in my retirement years. My husband and I are enjoying life. We're traveling, uh, and it was a custom for, I guess, most people. After dinner, we'd go to the family room, sit in our recliners, and watch a TV program or something. And I thought, this is so foreign to me. Then pretty soon, I heard another prophet say the same thing from a different area. And I don't know, there were maybe five, four or five different prophets that said the same thing. And so I began to think, well, Lord, it must be you really speaking, but I have no idea how this would ever take place. I mean, how do you do that? I only went to California once in my entire life. That was on our honeymoon. <laughs> almost 60 years ago. (laughs) And so I began to talk to my friends about it, who I trusted. And um, they all said, it sounds like you should go, but how are you going to do that? I said, I don't know. I I have no idea. So uh, my husband wasn't well, and he had COPD and emphysema. And and, uh, I kind of became his caregiver. And then we were out for a drive one morning, came back home. <clears throat> and uh, he fell and, and broke his hip. And so he went to the hospital and they fixed it. And uh, then he was in uh, a nursing home rehab for four months. And um, I thought, and be, before backing up a little bit before that, at 82 is when he gave his heart to Jesus. Wow. 
and then passed wow. away at 84. Wow. And um, so he passed away. So he was in, well, before that, he was in rehab for four months. And I was with him every day. And uh, finally, his body just couldn't take it anymore. I thought God was going to heal him there, but he didn't. He healed him in another way. He said uh, he loved him so much that he took him to be with, with him. And so that day that he passed, um, I, I, was, I had joy and peace. And I thought, Lord, shouldn't I be, shouldn't I be mourning? And he said, you mourned those four months you were with him every day. Wow. Now it's wow. time. Go to the computer, contact BSSM, and apply for a school. Wow. And wow. so I did that same day. Wow. You, you <laughs> just, from the funeral, you went home? With no funeral. He just passed just, away. I just okay. held his head in my hands. And I said, Jack, the angels are coming to take you to Jesus. And he goes, and he was gone. He, he just went home like that? Yeah. I've and, actually seen pictures of, of people at the moment of their passing where their spirit just like, oh. just literally just just raised up out of, out of their body. There's some people that actually literally have lifted their heads and just waved goodbye as they were leaving. Oh, really? Oh, anything's so, possible. So, Jack, you know, you know where he is. Yeah. So you well, have that was it because yeah. he, was, he wasn't suffering anymore, and I was so happy for that. So uh, I, we had hospice, and they took care of the rest. And and after the, the uh, funeral home removed him from the house, um, uh, I went to the computer and applied for BSSM. Wow! And uh, they said, "Well, you'll." It's hear. a whole other level of yeah. of like following God. I mean, this. Yeah. Oh, by that time, I knew that's what I was supposed to do, but I had no idea. So I thought, well, step by step. And um, so they said, oh, yeah, well, we'll. This is a, actually a powerful lesson that, you, you, that you're talking about right now and that I really want listeners to hear because because you said it was one step. You just step by step. Yeah, that's how God did lead me. And uh, so they said, well, we'll you'll hear in about three weeks uh, if you're accepted. And I told them I was 82. They said, well, the, the guy that interviewed me was like, yeah, well, let's go on here. So, <laughs> and so the next time I look at the computer, here's another email from Bethel. And I thought, now what did they want? Well, they accepted me. Wow. So wow. that was the first step. And it was like, wow, they accepted me. Now what do I do? Well, my friends, um, married couple, we were having lunch one day and I was telling them, I have no idea how I'm going to, how this is going to work out. And they said, well, we talked it over and we want to drive you in your van out there and we'll fly back home. So that was another step that, you know, so in order to, we, we set a, a date when we'd leave, which was the 29th of August in 2012. And, um, and I realized, well, I had this house, I had all these belongings. I had to get rid of all this stuff. And we lived in a small uh, community at that time out in the country. And um, everybody knew everybody else in this town, little town. And so my friends helped me and I decided to have garage sales. And uh, we had an attached garage, so it was perfect. We set everything up that we could in the garage and then just closed the door at night. 
and we specified certain days we'd have the sale, but then I just opened the door every morning and everybody that wanted to come could come day after day after day. You know, they call it the Reading Shedding. Oh. Yeah, it's actually, you know, because I've heard this story so many times where God says, you're, you're gone. It's like, now what do I do? And yeah. it's literally like you shed off. It's like getting rid of the old life yeah. or whatever was there before. You just begin to release that to the Lord. And, and, and like, as you surrender that, you know, yeah. God, God blesses it. Well, it was like God had put such joy and peace in my mind, my heart, that everything I, that I belonged to me became obstacles to me leaving because I had wow. to get rid of everything before the 29th. Oh, my goodness. That, that's <laughs> and, a powerful statement right there. What, what gets in people's way keeps, separates them from, yes, from what the Lord is, yeah. is doing in them. Yeah, by that time, I knew I was going. I was getting excited to go. And all my friends were helping all the time. And um, uh, it was one, one day I was in town coming home and uh, I heard the Lord say, what are you gonna do with the money from the house? And I thought, that's right, what am I gonna do with it? So we did have a, a Jesus lover broker uh, and I went to him and because my friend who's a realtor um, knows the Lord and uh, she took on selling the house. And so I told him, you know, the story and he said, well, I'll set up a plan for you and you can review it. And uh, at the closing, uh, my lawyer said, well, he would, he would be my power of attorney and my realtor would be at the closing. And they would, when at the closing, when the money took place, then they would take it to the broker and he would invest it, uh, whether I was there or not. Well, it turned out I was already here when all that took place, but it was a plan God laid out wow. that was perfect. Thank you, Jesus. So the house sold at the closing. The realtor was there. The lawyer was there. They took the check to the broker and he invested it in what we had talked about. So God was like taking care of every, every single detail. detail. And then one other time, because in this small little community, um, the realtor that was there, yeah, I don't know if I said it before, but God put such joy and peace in my heart that um, all my belongings seemed to be obstacles to my leaving because we were only gonna go in a van that could hold my friend's luggage, mine, and plus whatever else I could stuff in there. And I had never rented a room. I mean, we're, you know, middle Midwestern people that took care of themselves. And <laughs> where, now, where did you live again in the Midwest? It was in a, a little village called Big Rock because it had a big rock laying outside of town. By the, and you had two prophetic words. You had two separate times, two well, prophets. No, there were three or four. That, three or four uh, prophets told you the same thing. Yeah. And they told you. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to go to Bethlehem. That's when I finally believed him. <laughs> are, are you a little hard-headed then? I mean, it's like the Lord told you. Then, like. And so is it recorded about, um, yes. about the garage sales and everything? Yeah, yeah I, got, okay. I, I got that. So we had a little break. Another time I was in town coming home, passing uh, through the post office where everybody knew everybody else. And God said to me, why don't you get a passport? 
And I said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. So I could apply right at the post office and got the pet. So God was just setting me up before I even left. Oh, my goodness. And, um, yeah, then we had daily garage sales to get rid of everything. And what didn't sell, I gave to my friends. So when I went back to visit, I could see some of my stuff everywhere. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> so since I had never rented a room, and I found, I talked to some people at a church uh, in uh, St. Charles, Illinois, that were really, are really connected to Bethel. And um, I asked uh, them, they, he and his wife had come to BSSM. So he told me about looking for a room uh, to, to live in while I was here and some other good tips. So that was helpful. And so um, I didn't know if there was bedding or anything. So I began, I, I did find a place to live with some wonderful uh, women that had been to BSSM. And um, I told them that I was 82 and she said, oh, well, okay, let me get back to you. And so she said she talked to her friend. Do you remember Kimberly Kennedy and mm -hmm. Lisa Gradunzi? They were, they were the ones at the house. So I talked to Kimberly, and she said, um, "I'll get back to you." So they told me their conversation. She said she, she said we had Jenya, who was in her forties, and I forget her name, who was like eighteen, and they were like close to forty. And she said, "Lisa, what do you think of an eighty-two-year-old?" Uh, living here. And Lisa said, well, if she's got guts enough to come here, I think we better let her come. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, but they were wonderful resources for me. They really watched over me. But I didn't know if they had linens and I didn't think to call back. So I began sending boxes of pillows and blankets. And, and they said after I got there, who is this woman sending all these boxes <laughs> of stuff? What's it? We didn't they didn't want to open the boxes, but they, here's another big box coming. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. So anyhow, yeah, the uh, time arrived, and um, it was very exciting. But uh, one of my good friends was still working, and she called the night before I left, the day before I left. And uh, she said, do you need any help packing? And really, I had just about had it with energy. I was just about bummed out because it seemed like there were still more things that had to stuff. go. And I talked to the garbage pickup people and they said, we'll just get it all out at the curb and we'll take it. And so that was wonderful. She came and helped me pack whatever I was taking with me. And um, You know, it's it's amazing how the Lord uh, set, set you up to yeah. come to BSSM. Yeah. How God planned out literally the departure of your husband yeah. and the timing of all of that and then god wasn't finished god hasn't been finished with you no. it's like like he had more for you to do so to, at 82. Yeah. to send somebody here at 82 yeah i think he's got a lot planned you know there, there's a there's uh i always look in the scripture and uh abraham after sarah died um his son, Isaac, you know, the son of promise. Uh, the rabbis believe that he actually went and got uh, Hagar uh, to change her name to Katrina. I think if I said the name right. And 
Abraham marries her at 130 years of age really? and has six children. I knew he had other children, but I oh, yeah, yeah, six. Uh, yeah, six more children at 130. And I, wow, I look at that and I go, God, that's that's amazing. And yeah. he lived 175. Wow. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And Moses yeah. lived to be 120. And yeah. the Bible says that his eye was not dimmed, nor his strength abated. Yeah. Because he was in the presence of God. Yeah. See, Beverly, you spent a lot of time in God's presence. And you'd been in, in, in the presence of the Lord. And you, you, you kind of like, oh, I'll just... You know, I'm I'm good. I'm you know I'm 82. I'll do what 82 year olds do. And God said, Yeah, I got another. I got something else in mind. <laughs> yeah, he did have something else in mind. So um, yeah, we arrived, and my friends stayed for a couple of days, and then they flew home. And um, and I I was watching uh, different people with their phones because I I just had one of those little Walmart uh, phones. Uh, that I only use for emergency. But I noticed that they um, could talk to people on the phone for directions. And I thought, I better get one of those phones so I can have directions how to get around this. I thought it was a huge city because we lived in the country and I traveled on gravel roads everywhere. We, we were only, well, at that time, we were only 50 miles west of Chicago and close to highways that would take us right in. But we didn't go into Chicago much, but so it was. It was I had a wonderful uh, part, apartment in the lower level of the house, and and um, when I crawled in bed, I thought I looked in my closet and I thought I really have been set free. I have no responsibilities except what belongs to me right here. Isn't that amazing? Oh God, man! God just took everything, and I gave it to him with joy because they were all hindrances to what he was leading me into. You, you, Beverly, the, I heard somebody say this once. He said, you know, uh, God is not opposed to you having things or God or, right. or, or you, you having money. Right. The only thing he's opposed to is when something is in between you and him. Yeah. It's like for some people, it could be a million dollars. For somebody else, it could be a hundred dollars. If yeah. you if you want to talk about money, or it could it could be a thing, whatever it is. But but when God sets you free, it was like none of that oh, stuff yeah. held you anymore. No, no, no. It, it was amazing, and it was like wonderful because my husband wasn't well for a few years, mm -hmm. so I had responsibilities with him. Sure. And we owned a house out in the country, so I I I did all the yard work. I made sure all the insurance was paid. I made sure the house was maintained inside and out. And it was like, wow. I've been set free. Yeah. So, so I, I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, because you, you were in a midst, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry is all these kids and different people from all over the world that come because yeah. they're hungry. Right. And then they go on mission trips and they, they, uh, so God tells you to get a passport. Yeah. <laughs> Already set that up for me. So tell me about your first mission trip. Well, um, we had a choice uh, when it came time to going on mission trips where we'd like to go. And we had to give them five choices. So um, I felt like God wanted me to go to Africa. And I, 
I've never traveled that out of the country, actually, except a little bit Mexico, a little bit Canada. But you were used to gravel roads. Gravel roads, yeah. <laughs> so There's a lot I, of gravel roads in Africa. I had heard a lot about um, 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 who was in Mozambique, you know. Heidi Baker. Heidi ba Baker, and I thought, I'd kind of like to see what that Heidi Baker is doing there. So I put down Mozambique with Heidi Baker and um, uh, Sierra Leone, and I tried to keep all the Africa countries in my five uh, list. And um, when when I, the choice they made for me was that I go to Sierra Leone, I thought, oh, they must have made a mistake because I think I'm supposed to go to. And my my RG pastor was um, Dave um, Harvey, and I was always in contact with his wife, Taff. So I called up Taff and I said, Taff, would you tell uh, Dave to make a change? Because I think that, I mean, the gall of me saying that. I said, uh, I think they made a mistake. I'm supposed to go to Mozambique because I talked to Dave about that. And she didn't comment. She said, I'll take care of it. And so not, not more than 10 minutes later, God said to me, no, that's where you're supposed to go, to Sierra Leone. Wow. And so I called up Taff and I said, forget it. I've, I made a mistake. God wants me to go to Sierra Leone, not okay. Mozambique. So it was like, okay. And um, Orders from headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, all the preparation that takes place. But first of all, when I, when I got, we met at the Civic Center for classes. And when I got there and saw 1,600 students young people all praising the Lord, their eyes full of joy, their faces just intent on, because we always, well, they still do have worship before the school starts. And all these people, I had never been with such a group of people in my life, except I did go to the Jesus Culture Awakening Conference of couple months before I came to Reading and I saw it there and I thought Lord these people these young people are nothing but beauty right here they are so beautiful and he said it's because you see me in their eyes and it was just I was awestruck every day of school it was the most amazing thing and of course as you know, things go on, and then Chris Ballatin comes in and wants to make us all vulnerable and wants us all to speak about the things that God has redeemed us of. And lots of, lots of pornography was um, uh, asked to be cured of or delivered of. And, and I, I really never heard of a lot of people talking about pornography or I mean, I really learned a lot coming to battle. <laughs> and I thought, wow, they're so open. But he just went on and on. And I thought, but well, we're getting free. They just were, reset, free. reset free. And I thought, well, I'm getting kind of tired. This doesn't apply to me. So I said, I think I'll get up and leave. So I went out to the parking lot and waited to wait for a while till that session was over. And while I'm in at the parking lot, the Holy Spirit said to me, get back in there because you might have to teach on this. Wow, that's good. Thought, 
Oh, oh I never, okay. So back in, wow. <laughs> back in there I went and um, that was one of the highlights of the, of the school session for me. And then I, you know, then we, he began to manifest um, gold dust and feathers and stuff everywhere uh, one time. You know, I, I love the gold dust and the feathers, but, but it's really exciting that the Holy Spirit had you go back. Because if there's a struggle that young men, you know, and that's why I want to do this show too, is, is because I want what people know, you know, sex, God designed it. Yeah, but the enemy tries to pervert oh, it sure. and tries to bring bring things into our life mm -hmm. in in that arena because it's so powerful. Powerful, you know, because yes. sex was meant for procreation. Mm -hmm. It 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 binds a married couple together mm -hmm. in, in a very intimate way, and I mean, there's there, there's a whole whole bunch on it, but but the enemy will try to twist that and mm -hmm. and bring shame and destruction. Yes. To our life Always. or to us that's his main tool and so it's 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 really it's really good that we can we can bring uh uh the forgiveness of jesus the freedom of christ mm -hmm. and and knowing that 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 you can walk in, in a level of purity yeah. beyond that's not your own i mean you're, you're walking in jesus yeah you're in christ christ is in you christ loves you you know he, he knows everything you can't hide anything from him and and uh, so he, he he brings restoration to people. Yeah. And I don't know if you want to say anything else about that, but I just yeah. I just know I just want people to know that if they have a, a, a pornographic addiction, God God will heal them. Yes. If they have problem of sexual addiction, God will heal yes. them. If they're struggling in, in any area of addiction, I've seen God deliver people almost instantly. Wow. God will do that if we ask. Yeah. Yeah. To set us free. So that was yeah that was an interesting time. Um, and I realized I led kind of a sheltered life in Illinois because I really didn't hear much about pornography. Or, that, that's um, not too bad, you know. A sh sheltered life's okay. But <laughs> What's wrong oh, with being right? Yeah, I mean, God's right. given me such an expanded life since I moved here. But yeah, school was wonderful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did graduate from first year. It was oh amazing. And, um, and you went to Sierra, went, Sierra Leone? Went to Sierra Leone. And that and you, was a trip, all right. And you didn't stop. I mean, that wasn't your only mission trip. No, because I, well, God said to go to Africa and Asia. So I was just doing what he told me to do with my passport that I got in Illinois. <laughs> going to the post office, God says, get a passport. Yeah. It's hilarious. And me, and me, and I said to him, well, that's a good idea. Like, I had no idea what he had in store for me. <laughs> Because maybe I'll use it once I'm there. But anyhow, yeah, so I uh, got hooked up with a group of people that were going to Sierra Leone. And we would meet, um, as I found out, they would meet once a week to prepare to go. And uh, the leadership and the, and the students going. And so um, I was very excited because I had never really taken a long plane ride. I flew around in a couple of those no, two-seaters that were kind of scary. but. <laughs> and so I remember one of my classmates on the plane saying, Beverly, did you, did you have any idea how many miles you were going to be traveling? I said, no, I just knew God said to go. Um, so I don't know how many miles. It's, it's a long trip to Sierra Leone. Of course, Bethel's always trying to save money. 
So it was 40 hours from the time we left the parking oh, lot wow. before we got there. Oh, my goodness. And, um, <clears throat> of course, we came in late to um, Sierra Leone. And, and this, you've heard my story about, it's in my book, too, getting um, on the ferry to cross. The, Tell us about your book, the title of your book. Just It's give, called <laughs> Recliner to Revival. Recliner to Revival. That's hilarious. And the cover is just like me sitting here. <laughs> how, how do people get your book well it's not published yet sarah wind is working on but it's it. on its way yeah she, recliner sarah, to sarah has put so much work into it okay but yeah the man that is doing the book cover had figured out a book cover but then when he saw this picture that sarah's mother took of me he said oh no because she sarah devised the title a uh, recliner to revival and then um, the, the uh, it's a good idea. I'm just going to take your picture. This we need to go back to Sarah Real though. Keep keep talking. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, yeah, the book will be published soon. We hope. But yeah, getting to Sierra Leone, we got in late. Uh, our leadership said because um, they were all the cars were on the ferry, and uh, of course it isn't like a nice white sand beach. It's mud and. I mean, and water, you have to slosh through that to get on the ferry. And uh, um, they said, uh, I don't know, some man that was with us, take Beverly's hand and uh, get on the boat. We'll get your luggage to you later. And so, and somehow I lost his hand. And so I was by myself. And so, I mean, I'd never, ever, I don't know, we took maybe a car ferry, but in the daylight, this was at night. And there's no street lights there. I mean, it's black, it's dark. And so- Darkest um, Africa. Yeah. And so there was a stairway, everybody's climbing up the stairway and, and it was like, I was trying to, but they were in a hurry. So they kind of interfered with me getting up there. And, but, and I had, I did have trouble with uh, a sore knee and a little sciatica. So I had to watch uh, how I walked. And finally, my team was gone, and I was still standing down by the stairway. And I thought, well, I'll just stand here. It shouldn't be too long till we get uh, to a free town. Well, pretty soon, a um, black man came along, and he said to me, you can't stay here. It's too dangerous. And follow me, because I know what I'm doing. And I thought, oh, okay, he seemed to be pretty forceful. And he, he said, don't, don't let anybody help you with your backpack. They'll steal it. And so we're crawling over in the dark, all these ropes, tie-up ropes, you know, for the ferry. I could hardly see where I'm going. I'm just struggling along trying to, and he kept saying, I know what I'm doing. Follow me. And um, so he, he led me to where my team was sitting. And then he was gone. I think he was an angel. <clears throat> Probably was. Yeah, I'm sure he was an angel. And so God, again, was just continuing to be there for me. And uh, Sierra Leone, I had never, ever been to Africa. And I was saddened by how I saw these people lived in such poverty. I said, Lord, people shouldn't have to live like this. Well, anyhow, we got to the shore of, of um, Freetown. And because we were late... Our, the taxis that were supposed to take us to the hotel uh, decided to go home and leave us there. Wow. So 
our, my, our leaders were trying to find a way of taxis to get us to the hotel. And I was so tired by that time. Uh, some of the people were just sitting on the shoreline or, or there, was a, there was a restaurant there where you could sit too. But there were a big pile of railroad ties stacked up there. And I thought, I'm gonna sit on these things because I can't even walk to it. I was tired, can't even walk to the uh, restaurant. And then I had to laugh because here I am sitting on railroad ties on a shore in Freetown, Africa. Because <laughs> I thought, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> I never in my whole life would ever think I'm sitting on railroad ties on the shoreline in, in Africa. But that's where I was. Because I had to rest. I couldn't go anymore. <laughs> oh my God. And so we finally got to our hotel. and we, I was in a room with three other ladies. You remember Lynn Hines? I'm not sure I do, but, but yeah. anyway, that's okay. Well, she, she and I were roommates, and two other ladies were roommates. Is this, is this where the Lord talks to you about the children? No, that was in Afghanistan. That was uh, in 2017. This was 2012. So 2000, you, you, so you just kept going on mission trips. God just kept, yeah. you're, you're from 82 you're 92 now. Yeah. So I don't know how old you were. I, you know, so maybe 87. Uh, and you're going on. You're going to Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not the most. Uh, that's that's not like going to Hawaii or the Bahamas. <laughs> well, the reason I was so happy to get there, I didn't care if it was dangerous or what. Before I even thought of coming to Bethel again, God planning my life. One of my friends gave me that book about those Navy SEALs that went there and only one survived. And I and what took my attention was, it's a custom in Afghanistan that you have a guest in your home, you uh, defend them with your life. And that's what happened. Uh, they found this lone, this guy, half dead, took him to their house, and the Taliban knew he was there, and they'd come and try to get him, and people would not, they'd never let him get, get the guy out of there. They, they, and in Afghanistan, you don't have good communication. They had to send a man with a note to the Army Air Base to come and get this guy walking. Wow. Wow. So it took them about two days to get there. And finally, the helicopters came and picked up. You know, you're actually touched on, this, on something that's really important because God has been teaching over and over again that what you honor, God will honor. Yeah, and, that's right, exactly. Yeah, and and so that family that took care of that soldier, they you know they're honoring that tradition. This is a very ancient tradition, but man, what an extraordinary story! Yeah, yeah, and 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 at the same time, it filled you with a vision to go to Afghanistan. Yes, I because I thought I'd like to meet those people. I got to get there somehow. <laughs> and so um, after school was finished. Um, well, yeah, it was after school because it was 2017. Yeah. Uh, I went to uh, Mike Chandler. I thought, well, he's the head of the mission department. I think I'll go talk to him and see how I can get there. Holy smokes. And he's You're how old again? 80 what? 87 at that time? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and you're you're ready to go on a mission to Afghanistan. Like yeah. like the last place on the planet you <laughs> I mean I mean 
Oh, God, don't you my heart. So. You know, it's like, so that, uh, that that angel must be still hanging around you. You know, the one that says, follow me, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Apparently, God still knows what he's doing. I guess. And so, Mike, listen to my story like this. I'm listening to your story the same way. My, my jaw is kind of hung open as well. And he said, well, um, how old are you? And I said, I'm, 80, I'm only 87. And he said, <laughs> are you well? I mean, he was just like speechless. <laughs> and I said, yeah, what you see is what you get. Yeah, I'm well. And um, he said, well, I, you know, he said, I'm just amazed, but I want you to talk to my friend who lived in Afghanistan because it's very dangerous there. Do you know that? And I said, yeah, I did hear that, but I, I don't care. I really want to go. And um, I was looking for a ministry to um, attach to, to maybe. And I heard about uh, um, the one that Nathan, uh, uh, Nathan and Annika, you know, Nathan and Annika that from her, uh, I heard about him working for a ministry there. And so I thought um, maybe he could, I could contact him. And uh, Mike Chandler said, I'm gonna introduce, I'm gonna call my friend who's lived there and he'll, he'll call you. So we met at the hearth and for a half hour, he told me about his time in Afghanistan. And he said, it's really too dangerous for you to be there. And where Nathan is, he has a separate office from their home. Okay, keep going. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. We, uh, actually, yeah, I, I, but we only got about four minutes. Oh yeah. But okay. I'm, I'm going to record some more. Okay. But but but. So but he said, um, you would have to live by yourself. You would have to walk to his office, and you women don't walk by themselves. They always have a man with them, so it would be very dangerous for you. And I. I thought, well, I'm going to take his advice and I'll think about it for a while. And so one night I'm at the Civic Center. There was some meeting, oh, some meeting with older people that had joined BSSM and that weren't happy. So they asked me to come and kind of show off. And so I was there for that meeting. They said, what? You, you liked it? I said, oh, I loved it. It was wonderful. And they're like, well, we don't think so. So anyhow, I'm leaving the Civic Center, and I hear somebody say, Beverly, is that you? I turn around, and here's one of the pastors from this church in St. Charles, Illinois, that I had met while I lived there. And they had come to go to BSSM, his wife and him. And I had talked to him a lot before um, I went, and he had many prophecies over me. And so they said, what are you doing now that you're out of school? What are you doing for excitement? I said, well, I've been trying to get to Afghanistan, but everybody thinks I'm too old. He said, well, we have contacts. We know the people that have a ministry there that are the parents of our pastor. I said, you do? Yeah, we'll send you the, the email, but careful when you're wording, when you talk to them, because the Taliban, they go over everything. So I thought, wow, so I got excited again. And I happened to live with two ladies that were authors. So they helped me, God set it up again. They helped me write this email, which was very brief. And the, the Reynolds, 
the uh, parents of the pastor that was at the St. Charles Church <laughs> contacted me an email and said, um, uh, you're, okay. So they said, they got my email and they said, your, your email is too brief. We need to know more about you. Nobody comes here for a holiday. I guess they thought that's the way. And so um, I send another one, um, a little more detailed. And uh, they sent back, we have to know more about you. Uh, tell us about, you know, your history. And so I told them I had been in nursing for 45 years and, and uh, I have very limited. Well, they said, we, uh, we have a, a school going here for three to seven year olds, preschool. And um, when they, I told them about the, being in nursing, they said, well, it's too dangerous for you to work in the hospital because the Taliban blow it up. And the, uh, but we have a preschool here that we could use you in. And I said, I have very limited teacher's aid experience. That's all right, you can, you can do that. And then they began to tell me all the dangers. They said, if you're kidnapped, we do not pay ransoms. Uh, if you happen to die here, we don't ship bodies back and forth. And, um, you know, it's a very dangerous... We're, we're all encouraging words. Yeah. And so I said, well, I don't care. I'm coming. And they, when we got there, they said, all you kept saying was you're coming. So we thought, well, holy must be Holy Spirit. Let her come. Well, in the meantime, I got uh, introduced to Faye Hall, who was a classmate that I never knew. And it turned out she had been to Afghanistan three times already and had stayed with the Reynolds uh, because there was kind of a glitch in their, um, uh, their, their airfare going, the air going, or their plane leaving. So they, the whole team stayed at, the, at this ministry. That's how she knew. Well, I had thought, because I had gone to Israel before that, and I was really watching how to travel because I thought I was going by myself and I thought I'm a big girl I can travel by myself because I learned about uh, the assistance that if you tell them you need a wheelchair they take you wherever you want to go and um, you go through customs and security like you just zip through so I thought I'll just use assistance and I have my drive it's like driving Miss Daisy holy smokes and so um, Faye pops up. My friend introduced me to her, and Faye popped up. And I kind of didn't want her to go with me at first. But then I realized another setup of God, that here she had been there three times already, that God had uh, had her to go with me to help me get, get through the you know, process of airfare and everything. So um, then we began meeting to get ready for our trip because she already knew this ministry and um we got there we um i was so excited because the afghan men dress a little different than the other asian men and when i was sitting waiting to board i started to see afghan men i thought this is so exciting i'm actually seeing afghan people right here and so we boarded we got we flew uh, Emirates airline that was suggested, and it was a wonderful airline. The food was even good. And um, 
then we got to Dubai and Faye just helped me all along to travel. She was wonderful. And um, then we, from there we flew to Afghanistan and we landed and it was so exciting to be there. And the people at the ministry we were going to were there with a taxi to meet us. And, and we got in the taxi and first thing they said was uh, open the windows a little bit because if there's a blast, uh, as we're driving, it won't shatter the windows and kill you. That's, so that's more comforting words. Then the other thing they said, when we slow down in the neighborhoods, keep your door locked, because this is when thieves open the door and steal your purse. And that's the only way they can live, because they don't have any money. So they have to steal. So those... <laughs> Another angel gets his wings. Hi, Mike. His wife uh, was with us, and he said, when we get to the door, we'll drive in. But um, all of you ladies get out first, and I'll stay in the car and bring the luggage late, uh, later. That's if anybody is watching us. They'll think I've been on a mission on a trip and just coming home. Uh, they won't know that there are visitors. So the whole property that he rented was a five-story building and um, uh, was enclosed with this big high fence. And it had, uh, the cook had his own house there. Um, it had a wonderful play yard for the children. And it had another tented area uh, where we would a eat uh, breakfast and lunch. And uh, the five-story building housed uh, his offices, his admin offices, and then apartments and their living um, places. And in the basement was the school. So uh, we arrived and uh, they had, of course, dinner for us. And while we're talking, I couldn't keep my eyes open. It was like, and his wife said, I think Beverly better go to bed. She's falling asleep right before us. <laughs> so we did. And then uh, we, he always wants his visitors to rest a day and do nothing. And then the next day, we, I got introduced to the children uh, in the school. Beautiful. Uh, Afghan people are really beautiful people. God just made them very exceptionally beautiful. And the children, too. Their custom is whenever someone new comes in, they get up and say salam and shake your hand. So these little kids, each one would come up to me and shake my hand and say salam, hello. <laughs> and the teachers, young uh, teachers, uh, beautiful women, I don't even know if they read the Quran, but um, they, as all teachers, they gave 200% every day. That's wonderful. And, um, they so, wanted to meet with me uh, after a few uh, days because they knew that I had spent time uh, at Bethel. I had asked uh, the, t the principal if I could um, uh, view the um, um, kindergarten and first grade classes because I hadn't been with children for a long time. And so I could observe there and see what was going on. And of course, then I lost my heart to those children and I realized the teachers and gave 200% and they, and they taught the children core values so that the it was common for them 
to honor and respect each other. It was a wonderful time and I took a lot of pictures. So these teachers in Afghanistan wanted to know all about what I learned. Well, uh, but they, I, I told them all these things and they're taking all kinds of notes. And sometimes, I don't often speak with people, but sometimes when I do, I kind of say a little tricky question at the end and tell them that it's getting late and I have some other stuff, but uh, did they want to hear it or not? And they always say, yes, 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 yes. So I learned observing at the children's school at Bethel that they had little placards every day that really were fruits of the spirit, like faithfulness and thanksgiving and all that. And they would put that in front of the students and they would set the tone for the day by helping them to think on that, that being thankful. Wow. And so that's what I saved till last. And they said, no, we want to hear it. We don't care about the time. So I started to tell them, I told them it was character builders that um, would appear, the teacher would use. And they said, they were just, they just gobbled that up like a sieve. And they said, even our admin knows, needs to know about this. We need to put these placards everywhere. I thought, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's so good. You you put something in front of somebody and then they can meditate on it or think about yeah. it or at least it gets their attention. Yeah. Think, oh, I, I should be grateful today. Yeah. Why why am I grateful today? Oh, I I know why. Yeah. And then I told them. They said, well, what? How did they discipline? You know, how do you discipline? I said, well, it was quite interesting. Uh, if they would be um, told twice uh, that they were misbehaving, and um, to stop it. And if they didn't, they were told that they would have to go outside the door. And when they could control their own behavior, they could come back in. So it was always up to them, teaching them to be responsible for themselves. And um, when they did that, um, they came back very um, disciplined. You mentioned that the Lord spoke to you while you were with the children about um, about the future, what you know, that I heard you quote this the other day. You said you said that God spoke to you that the future of a nation with the children. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I heard God say when I was in Afghanistan the second time, um, because I was so. It was the most beautiful time of my life. It was wonderful, because I saw children were the same everywhere. Recess is the most important time of the day. Absolutely. That was my favorite subject. And they shoot <laughs> baskets the same. They hang from bars the same. Yeah. They laugh the same. And if you really listen to children's laughter, it's like a symphony. Oh, it's the most beautiful sound in the it world. It is a beautiful. And we have uh, people that live here with children. And when they're in the pool, yeah. I can hear that. And it's it's like it's like a symphony. It is. It's beautiful. <clears throat> you, know, you know, Beverly, this... You know, uh, a whole bunch don't offend people, but it doesn't matter because it's true. I think church should sound like a playground. Yes, I why think not? church should sound like like the pool. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, like Tuesday. Yeah, like Tuesday was kind of that way. Everybody yeah. was laughing, and that's that's the way church is actually supposed to be. The Bible yeah. says that in it, that in His presence is fullness of joy. Yes, and so there there needs to be joy. In the house of God, because when He's be. He's it present, needs... He's there. Yeah. Now, I 
<laughs> you know, I tell you what, God has, has taken a lot of religion out of me. Uh, I had to. I didn't, didn't even realize how much religion, you know, religious stuff that, that I had. And so this may offend some people, but I had this, this vision where the Lord actually carried me out to this beautiful waterfall mm-hmm. and a little street, little place. I was just playing in the water and I was enjoying God's presence in the water. And then this, the part that may be offensive people, but sorry, this is just the way it was. I'm, I'm in the water playing, having a good time. And then there's Jesus. He's there and, uh, and found God. Is it playing in the water with me? Um, And I think the Holy Spirit was was, was somewhere around. But I did the strangest thing. You know how, as a child, sometimes you splash each other? Uh You do that. Well, I actually splashed Jesus, and I I splashed Father God. And I was like, oh, I don't even know if that's legal. (laughs) You know, but they splashed back. You know, it was was like, like, literally like, you know, I did with my kids, you know, yeah. and the water didn't hurt, you know, in the pool, the, yeah. the, the chlorine hurts your eyes, but in heaven, the, the water didn't hurt. Oh, and, but we beautiful. just, we just celebrated together and we, we just, we, 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 we swam and we splashed. It's like, nobody's going to believe this. And whoever I tell this to will be offended because mm-hmm. who splashes God, you know, yeah. it's like, and, but it's the same thing with Jesus. Jesus I've said, been, that's what I've been doing. You know, it says that a river, a stream flows from the from the throne room yeah and and it says that there are trees on other side either side with healing leaves yeah so lots of times at night when i go to bed i jump in that pool come on and i wrestle around and any of the leaves that fall down i just plaster all over oh that's so beautiful that's so (laughs) So, yeah i agree that's so wonderful yeah if we could have church that you know beverly this is actually the perfect segue into to uh, man, you you've been a, you had an extraordinary life, and I mean, <laughs> and you. and it's like like this this whole thing of of uh, you know uh, from 80, 82 to ninety two missionary, and it's like you've got got this beautiful head of gray hair. A friend of mine's coming to do your hair a little bit later, yeah. and uh, you know the Bible actually talks a lot about about. Uh, uh, old age, it says in Isaiah 46 and 4, even to your old age, I am he, and even to gray hairs, I will carry you. Yeah. I have made you, and I will bury you. Even I will carry you and will deliver you. Oh. And um, so beautiful. You're going through a very uh, extraordinary time right now. I am. I know. God has changed. I thought. I thought God had abundantly blessed me, and he did in Illinois. But since I've come here, he's He's shown me, he told me one day, um, I'm, I'm healing you from PSTD. Or, I thought, oh, Post-traumatic I know, stress. I didn't yeah. know I had that. And, <laughs> and he has. He's, he's healed me from emotional problems that I didn't even know I had. Uh, in first year, I was doing an AMT with I forget who. And um, he had all his inter- he had his lineup along the wall and had he and his interns pray for everybody. And I don't manifest the Holy Spirit by falling down too much or like electric shocks kind of. But um, when she prayed for me, I just went down and all I could do was cry, 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 cry. And then I knew it was time to go to school. So I got up and in the worship, I said to the Lord, 
I don't understand why I was crying. And he said, I had to put you on your face before me because you were blaming me for your husband's death. I didn't even know it. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. And it's the same thing after first year. I heard everybody had Zozos or a Sozo. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I guess I better have one if everybody else did. So I went and had a Sozo. <laughs> and, and again, it, it just set me free from, I mean, married 60 years. Marriage is not always a joyful time. And so it set me free from some of those hard times that I still found I had unforgiveness. Yeah. And when I was walking to the car after that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, now Jack's already in heaven. Right. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, now Jack is free. So we don't even keep people free if we, if we don't have forgiveness. Oh my goodness. I'm, in that, the heavenlies. That's, he said, oh my goodness. He said, now Jack is free. Oh my goodness. That's, uh, th wow, that'd be something I'll be pondering for a while. Well, yeah. I know that forgiveness sets us free, but but also it's like, yeah, yeah wow. But there's always, there's always a connection yeah. between uh, wow. the other wow. person that you're not forgiving. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! That's, <laughs> that's powerful. I'll, I'll be I'll be waiting through that one for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been because it marriage been. is you know yeah you you brought it up. It's like marriage is 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 uh, a lot of times people think that you know marriage is an answer yeah well it's it's also a pressure cooker yeah it's like it has all its the, good and bad times it has its good and bad times but it's you know what a pressure cooker does or you know you, you heat things up and some things just pop up to the surface you didn't even know it was there yeah you True. know it's like you have to deal with it because yeah. now it's in front of you you can't you can't escape it no, you know, a, a lot of a lot of right. our, you can't. a lot of our things in marriage really have to do with, uh, you know, uh, with us. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. I I'm 66 years old, so I'm you know, young man. I'm, I'm, young, a, I'm a young, young guy. Man. <laughs> I'm a young man. I'm a young man. <laughs> but but it's it's like, and I've been married for 45 years, oh. and I'm working on it. I'm still. Oh, yeah. I'm finding out. You know, there's there's days. It's like God. I am. You know, I am not the man that 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 Jesus is. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, Ephesians says that 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 He gave Himself, you know, for the church, and and says, "Husbands love your wives as Christ also loved the church." Yeah. And it's like God, I didn't do so good today. You don't know how many times I've, as a husband I've had to go oh. repent oh. to my wife or to the Lord, and and it's like, oh, all all of that. Yeah. Well, Anyhow. we could we could spend a lot of time talking about that. And uh, uh, Beverly, you, you you are filled with hope. You're filled, you know, when you, you. when you talked about, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, 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 to bring us back to that, to, uh, to what you're experiencing right now with mm -hmm. uh, uh, your, your spirit is amazing. And I, and when you talked about Revelations 22 and 2, because that's the, what you were actually talking about, mm -hmm. the river of God. Yeah. And taking the leaves, so the Bible in. says we're for the healing for the nations. Yeah, because the leaves keep falling, yeah. and so just grab a few and wrap just yourself up in them. Just, just help yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? They're there, and the word says they're for your healing. 
<laughs> so if you're listening right now and you you've got a need for healing, just see yourself in the river of God, and the the trees are to the either side. Just just help yourself. Wow. <laughs> Take some leaves, put them where, where they hurt. Yeah. Wow. Whatever you need from God, God, God will heal you. Wow. And that that river, that river is all about being in the spiritual realm. Yeah. 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 Because wow. we are spirit. So why, you know, mm. I have times when I'm not too many though, where I'm a little glum. But um you know, if we realize, we God says we are spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. Stop being, stop being physical. Speed. I mean, we are in this this earth suit, but yeah, that I'm reminded of that song, where um, it's in the name of it is Song of Songs. Who's the singer? It's like over the mountains, over the valleys, um, my lover is coming to me. Song of Solomon. To hold me till it's light. Whoa. And sometimes when I get a little worried, I think, I say to my father, just hold me till it's light. Oh, my goodness. Just hold oh, me till goodness. it's light. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and he will. He does. Yeah. Wow, that's, that is so good. I'm going to look that verse up later. <laughs> good verse. <laughs> it is a good verse. Yeah, the, the Song of Songs is my favorite book when I first knew the Lord. And I didn't know the Lord until I was 37. Wow. And uh, that's where he showed me how much he loved me. So Song of Songs is my favorite book. You, you seem to do everything a little later. I yeah. Mean, Even know. my family's coming to Jesus a little later. Come on. Come on. <laughs> but, it, but it's never too late, is it? Oh, no. I mean, if you can, if you can become a missionary at 82, I'm thinking, man, you know, anything's possible. Well, I have to tell you this part. When I finished school, and well, almost, and deciding on third year, I I wanted to, I thought I wanted to inter, intern for Jennifer Toledo out of Expression 58 because she was connected with Justice Rising, who goes to the Congo. And um, I couldn't make up my mind. So she said, well, I'm taking a team to Ecuador. Why don't you join us? And maybe you can know then because... I mean, mostly you're waiting for the leader to accept you as their intern. She's waiting for me to decide. If I'm... So I, uh, while I was in a, my morning time with the Lord, I saw in my mind's eye this word ACE, A-C-E, and I thought that's got to be the Holy Spirit. When it's weird, it's always the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> so I said to the Lord, I don't know what that means. And he said, um, well... He showed me the word Afghanistan, um, China, and because I'd been to China too, and E, ace, ace. And he said, look at the first letter of each word. So it was Afghanistan, China, and Ecuador. And it was like a confirmation that I, I should go. And so now I think he's repeating it because I've been to Afghanistan and I'd like to go to the Congo and then to Ethiopia. So that's another ace word. You got more to do. Yeah, that's what I, I said. Well, you know, how come this is going on? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, uh, and, and for those that don't, don't know, uh, you're, uh, you have, you have, you're going through cancer. 
but you know. Yeah, I guess. I did, they, yeah, they found cancer cells here, here, here. I guess everywhere. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm I'm speaking to each one of those cells and telling the germ of it to die Come on. by the authority. Because God said He's given us all authority over yeah. every demon, everything. Yeah. So by the authority of Jesus. And you know, there's a, a tremendous passage of scripture in Psalms 91 that that talks about the righteous uh, living until they're satisfied. You got oh, more to do. I know. <laughs> you're, you're you're not you're not finished with. And then then I, the other place that I would like to get to is Nashville. Because I had a contact with a young man from the Congo, not with Justice Rising, who was at the North End. His, his village is at the South End. And uh, he went to BSSM, and God told him to raise a ministry to go back there and teach uh, because the guerrillas are, are fighting them and killing them all the time. So they're always on the move. So even farmers have lost their skills. And women have lost their cooking skills. Oh, my goodness. So just to go back and teach them basic things. And they have an orphanage there, of course. So <laughs> I'd like to see what that's all about. But uh, I got to get to Nashville uh, to talk to him. Wow. Wow. So I'm just going to read this verse because I just like it. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Whoops. Let's, where's that one verse? Uh Oh, I'll have to look for it later. But but it's it, it's the promise that that you can live as long as you want to live, and everything that you 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 want to do for Jesus yeah. is is like it's out it's, in front of you. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, um, after you go to be with him, are you able to come back and do things like that? I wonder. You know, there's. A, I, I I guess I'm going to have to share this story because this this one blew me away a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I was at the Peace House in Oakland, California. And the Peace House is, they call it the Cape Canaveral of Christianity oh. because it was actually, it's, it's a, like an Airbnb right now, but uh, it's a three-story place, 16 bedrooms, but it's where all the missionaries stayed oh. back in the day of the sailing ships and the steamships when they would be going to the, the, the countries, wow. you know, and like Smith Rigglesworth was there. Oh my goodness. Uh, Lester Summerall, some really famous people, the, 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 uh, William Booth. I mean, you know, the founder of the Salvation Army. And, yeah. and so there were some extraordinary people that were there and women, you know, and I mentioned the guys there. cause no, the guys, but some, some amazing women. So I, I, I went there like oh a tourist oh, wow. and I went to the chapel. So I went to the chapel and, uh, with some friends and the, the the redwood in the chapel was was gorgeous it was you know 100 and some years old it was just oh, beautiful wow. and i had, i love to touch things so i went up and touched the redwood and just felt it you know and because that's me and, you got and, and then i i what i did was I was a little facetious you know i'm thinking i'm standing in this chapel thinking about all these missionaries and and the history of that little chapel and I put my hands out, kind of like you do, you know, put uh -huh. my hands out in front of me. And I said, I said, if there's any glory left, I'll take it. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. No. I mean, uh, the one moment I was standing, the next minute, it felt like I had just walked under Niagara Falls. Oh, my God. And it, I, 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 re I remember the sensation, or at least aware, that I had bounced off the chairs on my way down to the floor. 
I was aware of the chairs as far as like, I, I guess I hit the chairs on my way to the floor. Yeah. And when I, when I, I'm laying on the floor weeping and I'm beginning, I'm seeing, it was like time traveling. And I saw the faces. Actually, I was seeing and hearing the prayers of, of those missionaries that had been in that place. Oh my gosh, how beautiful. And I was seeing the faces that the Holy Spirit was showing them. And I could see the nations, you know, there'd be these nations. I'd see the faces wow. and the different dress, you know, colors. And, and then what was going through, because the, these missionaries were interceding while they were there. Oh my goodness. You know, they had to wait for the ship. So oh, they yeah. weren't going to waste their time. No. They, they spent time in the word. They spent time in prayer. Oh, they spent time interceding. And I'm seeing all of this. And I just, I was wrecked on the floor for, for a good while. A friend of mine was actually overcome too. And, and he didn't, it, it, God didn't hit him like he hit me, but he, but he just saw what was happening to me. Uh -huh. And then later when he helps me off the floor, he just wants to know what I was seeing. Yeah, of course. You know, and I, I told him, I said, I just saw faces. I could just see, see the faces. But at that moment, it was literally like Hebrews chapter 6. Like there was a, a cloud of witnesses. And yeah. whether it was my imagination or, or if it was real, but I had this moment where I, I it felt like Smith Rigglesworth bent over the edge, looked down and said, well, boy, <laughs> there's some left. <laughs> there's some glory left there's more you know there's always more See, for jesus there's always that, more that's life in the spirit that's yeah. life in the spirit it is wow 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 god is so good <laughs> is god so is so good <laughs> well so, yeah go ahead i uh, just uh oh, so we just going on but I, I basically got four minutes and i gotta you know in, in this thing beverly I want you to pray for people. Would you would you mind just yeah. this and, and you got something there you wanted to read. I want to yeah. I want to make sure I get that in. When back way back before I even came here, and my husband was in the hospital and the nursing home, and I had been get given all these prophecies. I said to the Lord, I'm not going unless I get a personal word from you. And um this is what I read when my husband was first in the hospital. And then uh, it scared me and I put it away. And I read it again when he was not doing well and it scared me and I put it away. And then when he passed away, I thought, where's that book? Because this is a direct word to me. So this is the personal word God gave me through this daily meditation, come away my beloved. And it says, behold, I have sent you out alone, but I've gone ahead to prepare your way Yes, through the darkness to bear a light, I ask you only to follow me. For I will surely lead you in a safe path, though dangers lurk on every hand. Yes, I will be your protection. I will be your comfort. I will be your joy. I will turn bitter tear, the bitter tear to sweet perfume. By my spirit, I will mend the broken heart. I will pour, pour warm, fragrant oil into the deep wound. For your heart is fused with my heart, and in your grief, I am one with you. Yes, I will fill the vacant place. My arms will hold you and you will not fall. My grace will sustain you and you will not faint. My joy will fortify your spirit. Even as a broken body is rejuvenated by a blood transfusion, my smile will dispel the shadows and my voice will speak courage 
Yes, I will surely keep you, and you will not fear. You shall rest your foot on the threshold of heaven. I will hide you in my pavilion. You shall have my constant care. I will not leave you for a moment. That's so beautiful. I will keep you from despair. I will deliver you from confusion. When you are perplexed, I will guide you in wisdom and in judgment. By your light, others will be led out of the valley. By your courage, the weak shall be lifted up. By your steadfastness, he who wavers shall be established. <clears throat> Lo, the hours upon you. Do not look back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Keep your face toward the sunrise, for he shall surely daily refresh your soul with healing in his wings. That's so beautiful. That's so powerful. What more of a personal word did I need? You know, Beverly, this has been an extraordinary time. I want to thank you for letting me come. Well, come back anytime. I love to talk about these things. Yeah, it's well, man, my heart's lifted up. Uh, we just got like two minutes left, and I, I wanted you to just pray for, for people that are listening. Whatever God puts on your heart, if you want older, younger people, whatever the Lord says to you, but just, mm. just, just give them your blessing, if you would. Yeah. Yeah, for all those <clears throat> that are listening, I just pray that you would open your heart uh, to Jesus like you've never done before. Uh, the way that you know how, just open your heart to him and ask him to fill you up with all that he has, with wisdom, with knowledge, with understanding, with counsel. You even get counsel from the Holy Spirit and with fear of the Lord. These are the seven uh, of the seven uh, spirits, seven, what am I saying, of the Holy Spirit that will guide you and comfort you and lead you into all that God has for you. Never, ever, ever give up because he's always there waiting to fill you up with all of himself. Amen. Okay. Well, <laughs> Beverly, thank I you love so it. Much. I love talking about those things. <laughs> There's so much more, of course. <laughs> it's good to laugh about it, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. God does have a sense of humor. Oh because if goodness. he would have told me what was going to be happening here, I never would have come. But he, just step by step, you know, do this, do this. Go get a passport. Oh, my goodness. And I'm thinking, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll have to use a, maybe I'll have to use a passport. Always thinking I'm in control when I'm not. <laughs> and then all these friends he supplied. I have friends in Illinois, but not this many. Oh, my goodness. And so I decided... Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sons of Fire. I hope that you felt inspired and ready to encounter the heart of the Father. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. And as always, remember God is good. He is for you and he is in a good mood.